Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the morning that you have given us. We thank you for the life you give us so that we can come close to you, have a great relationship with you, O God, through Christ our Lord. Speak to us. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Remove our personal agendas from the way so that we may be able to follow you faithfully, follow you truly, follow you wholly, and follow you with integrity. Through Christ our Lord, amen and amen. The choir will be reading the first portion of Scripture this morning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome for the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. good. This 
is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. If you are not aware of what is choral poetry, it comes to us from the beautiful continent of Africa, where tribes and people would recite once to another, right? the great stories and the great poems of their tradition. So it is like that this first chapter of Genesis is also a great poetry of the origins of our histories, and that is why we had the choir do such a beautiful job. We'll get used to this more and more as we get into the Spirit and begin singing in, uh, the word of the Lord, proclaiming it one unto another. The second scripture that I have this morning is not the one that you have there, um, between the time I wrote this and the time I got back, Lord continued to speak. So uh, that verse in my, that version of Mark four will live for a second uh, period, most likely in August. But I want you to turn, if you would please, to the Book of Acts, and we will deal with chapter ten. And those of you who are in Sunday school, we won't go through the whole story, but I'm gonna just grab a snippet from it. But before I read this scripture, I wanna. Uh, introduce what we're going to be talking about for the entire month of June. As you know, uh, we, we began our ministry here at Light of Hope in the month with the worship service of Easter Sunday. The following Sunday was the month of April, and the Lord imprinted in our hearts to teach about unity d- during the entire month of April since three historical congregations had recently closed their doors and by the grace of God and their graces came together and poured each one of our waters from our baptismal in one font. And that is how our math comes up to be. When is one plus one plus one equal one? when three historical churches became light of hope and we were together in unity under God. Then during the month of June, of May, the Lord behooved in my heart to talk about transformation because that's what we're about. We're about changing from our old ways of doing church and we're exploring new ways of doing church so that we eventually can go out there and impact our community who is now highly diverse and highly conflicted, to say the least. Uh, While I was in Puerto Rico, I saw these four guys fishing, and I decided to follow them because one of them said, I just saw the barracuda I'm going to get, and I believed him. So I followed them. Little did I know that in the conversation, as we became acquaintance, two of them, uh, once they found out that I was a minister, two of them became very quiet. (laughs) They won't talk to me again. Uh, But the other two would, and and again, I keep hearing the story. They were in church, and they got hurt in church, so they don't want to know anything about the church, but they love Jesus. I keep hearing that over and over. So we have to do something in such a way that we don't become that hurtful church, that we become that place of restoration and healing to those who have been de-churched or are unchurched because they don't know Jesus Christ. That's part of our task. And that was the task that Jesus gave the disciples. So in this coming month of June, I will be talking about diversity. That is the overarching topic that will take our themes, as you will see in the newsletter. It is diversity. We are beginning today, the first Sunday. We got five Sundays. The first diversity that we're talking about, as you can see in the mantle, is the diversity of creation. Now, why a mantle? Why a mantle? Well, I have taken the story of the book of Acts chapter 10, and I'm bringing it home to us. 
and bringing it home to us as we explore throughout the months, what does God mean by diversity? What does God mean by diversity and unity? Because the slogan of Light of Hope Church, the motto behind it is celebrating unity. Pardon me, celebrating diversity through unity in Christ. And unity is not easy. It is a task that we human beings have to work at because it is not what we want to do. Yeah. It is not necessarily what we are called to do. But here in the book of, of Acts, Peter, the great apostle, who had walked on water, who had seen the resurrected Lord, who hung around with Jesus 40 days after Jesus had come back from the dead, and who had seen him rise up to heaven up in the cloud. I don't know how that would have looked like. Who was filled with the Spirit and preaching inspired by the Spirit. 3,000 came to the Lord. Whose shadow went by the door of the portico of one of of the gates of the temple and healed a man. Peter is now hungry in a roof of a house. And as he is hungry, he actually has, and the scripture talks about a trance. He falls in this trance, and he sees something happening. And this is where we catch the story. Peter, is set this in Joppa, and, and, and he's there. And it says, about, the, about noon, and this is uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 9 through 16. About noon the next day, As these two individuals were journeying to go get Peter, to go preach at Cornelius' house, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven opened, and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to to the ground by the four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. The voice said to him again a second time, What God has made clean You must not call unclean or profane. This happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven, the linen. This is the word of the Lord. So here we are. Peter is hanging out there. He's seeing that linen coming down, and he is amazingly surprised that the Lord is telling him to kill and eat. What do you mean kill and eat? And like I mentioned downstairs, uh, uh, he saw a Piggly Wiggly. He saw a little nice pork tenderloin, perhaps, you know, roasted in there. And, and Jews were not supposed to. He probably saw a Maine lobster or a New Zealand big one, you know. There was probably some Alaskan king crab. Anybody getting hungry? No, not yet. There was probably some good, you know, pheasant. Oh, yeah. And some succulent Puerto Rican-style chicken, you know. And, and there was all that stuff in that mantle. But Peter, who was a good Presbyterian, I mean, who was a good Jew, would never in his life touch something like that. 
He would never become defiled by sticking his foot in a house of somebody who's not a Jewish person. He would never be caught eating reptiles and things that his religious law prohibited him from eating. Oh, no, no, there's a piggly wiggly. I can't eat none of that. That was probably some good old walk's tail, too. Ah, right. But he would not touch it. But the word from heaven said, hey, buddy, that's my version now. My, my version. Allow me. Hey, buddy, what I, the Lord, has called clean, what I have sanctified, what I have cleaned up, don't you dirty it up? Don't you call it dirty? Don't you call it profane? Don't you call it common? Because I have restored, I have redeemed, the Lord has called it good. Amazing. If you look at the newsletter for this coming week, uh, this coming month, uh, there is a funny story that has been told many, many times. Probably throughout about 300 years. How many of you are from Irish background? Let me see those good old Irish. Yeah. More. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. You know why you're here? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe you guys, your ancestors came running out of Ireland because of the great potato famine of the 1840s. Did any of you hear about that in your stories? Oh, okay, some of you heard about it. Well, you know what happened. First of all, the potato is not, a, a, is not the Irish national fruit or vegetable. Actually, it was the Incas, them funny Indians up in the Andes, who for centuries had domesticated the potato. And actually, they had all sorts of potatoes. They actually domesticated close to 200 different varieties of potatoes. We just heard the scripture saying that God said, let the earth put forth all kinds of vegetation. And the earth put forth all kinds of vegetation. The Lord called it good. So the Incas knew that there were all these kind of potatoes. They had potatoes that grew by the ocean in the sand. They had potatoes that grew, that grew up in good fertile soil. They had potatoes that grew in the rock. They had potatoes that grew in very cold 40 degree climate. They had potatoes that grew everywhere, anywhere all the time. They never died from a famine. It was something else that happened to them. Called Spaniards. <laughs> That's what happened to them. <laughs> it wasn't a diet issue. It was the Spaniards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we wanted their gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 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 but, but in that search for gold, they discovered the potato. And Sir Walter Raleigh is told that he introduced the potato to the British Isles close to around 1514. Just about a few years later from our pain number, which is 15.030. <laughs> That's an inside office joke. <laughs> so he introduces the potato, and for 200 years, the Irish fell in love with a little round yellow potato. Right? Not great potato with corned beef and cabbage. Awesome food, right? But for 200 years, they kept at it. Now, for 200 years, other merchants were trying to introduce other kind of potatoes into the Irish diet. And they said, no, over my dead body will I plant another kind of potato. <laughs> Did that come out right? <laughs> so they would not add another kind of potato into their farms. Eventually, something that's called biodiversity took place and did not happen. And the potato, the little yellow brown potato that was favorite of the Irish, 
and Edwin uh, got a plight, got a disease, and caused the great potato famine in Ireland between 1846 and 1848. Two million Irish people passed away because of the famine. Two million others fled the country and came in, in search of good opportunities and new land because they would not add another kind of potato. Diversity is needed for growth to happen in nature. Yeah. If I keep marrying my if I keep marrying my own family, you know what that happens. So the gene pool has to be replenished with diversity for families to continue to survive. And so it happens with plants. We had a president a long time ago. Uh, his name was uh, Millard. Oh, good. We know who he was. Well, it was during those days where all them crazy Irish were coming. And Millard Fillmore actually put a bill through the Senate, got through the Senate, that he wanted to deport every Catholic Irish. It didn't go through, obviously. Otherwise, I would have known Charlie <laughs> or, some, or Bev, you know, some of you who are from Irish background. It was freaky because two million Irish were looking for jobs, for food, for housing. Suddenly, in a two-year period here in the United States, mostly in Boston and New England. But God made potatoes of all kind and God called them good. God has actually made not only potatoes of all kind, but God had made rivers of all kind. When I was in the island, I was enjoying the biodiversity, and I intentionally started enjoying how the ocean comes together with land. And guess what? There's a whole diversity there. Not every coast is shallow. Not every coast is, is, is deep. There are cliffs that join with water. There are rivers that when the high tide, the river gets salty. And when the low tide, the ocean gets a little sweeter. Because it mixes. And that creates a whole new biodiversity there. Look at Georgia. Look at Florida. My, my wife's nephew is here visiting with us, Heriberto. And he was yesterday, we drove up to the mountains in Blue Ridge. And it was here, 86 degree people. It was 72 up there. I don't know if I would mind commuting. <laughs> but he kept repeating, this is paradise, this is paradise, this is paradise. Of course it's paradise. He's coming from the stock block concrete of South Florida, flat. <laughs> but you see how we respond to diversity? Pat was also, and, and, and we became green, and, and, and we kind of began to have to pray for ourselves because she was in the Alps. In April. And, and I think you were there during the early season when the Idelweiss was beginning to bloom among the rocks in the Alps. Beautiful little flower, stern little flower. But then, as, as, as Loida was also in Italy and they were driving between Rome and Toscana, Tuscany, they saw the beautiful valleys of just yellow flowers. But if you go southern in Italy, then you see the cliffs in Amalfa coast, in the coast of Amalfi. You see the variety. But if we go up further north from here, we, we'll hit some cold weather. It's trying to run away from us. 
the ice cap is shrinking and shrinking. But it's God's creation. And people, I mention all that just to enamor us with the beauty of God's creation. But guess what? What we enjoy as the beauty of God's creation is only but a, a thumb of what it's supposed to be. Because it is also fallen. It is also broken. If in Florida people have accidents and drown in the, in the canals because they get hit and drown in canals. Here, I don't know what's worse, man. Trees fall on people here. Yeah, I'm here and I'm listening to the news channel. And, and the guy in, in, in channel 2 says, please avoid the right side of, of, the, of the highway. Avoid driving on the right side of the highway? Why? And then he answers, because trees may fall. What? So there is a fallen creation. Even though we call it beautiful and we love to travel and look at it. Every area of the world, from the deserts, from the mountains, from the rivers, from the oceans. We love it. People, it is still broken. It is not what God intended it to be. Romans calls it, and, and Paul writes saying that nature is crying out loud for its own redemption. So even though it's beautiful, it's broken. Even though it's amazing. I can't talk to them animals. They can't talk to me. Yesterday, my dog ran away from the, the apartment. And she forgot every, every single aspect of teaching. She forgot her name. She was wild in that neighborhood. And though she's friendly, thank God. That girl just forgot who she was. I must say I reminded her. Eventually with words of love. <laughs> You're listening good. <laughs> but you know, there is something that needs to be restored. And, and, and if Peter needed to know that, that, yeah, he could now eat some piggly wiggly. Because the, the whole idea was that the gospel is not only for the Jews, but it is for everybody. It is for every human being who wants to listen about Jesus and who wants to come close to God. So we Presbyterians cannot close our courts. We don't even do it in the table. We cannot impose our ways on others. They, others cannot impose our way on us either. But we will find a medium where we can become one family of Christ in spite of the diversity. That when Carmen Freemeyer and I start speaking Spanish, David is not going to go crazy and say, Oh my God, what are they saying? They're talking about me. No, we're not. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's strange to listen to people speaking different language around you. I experienced it in the cave. When I was in the cave, uh, th th there was a family from Bordeaux. Uh, I, can I brag? I, I, I asked them where they were from because I heard them speak French and they were in the conversation trying to find out how to get back from the cave to the main highway to get back to San Juan. I know that. Uh, I remember that. So I began to speak French with them. And when I asked them where they were from, she didn't tell me that they were from France. She told me they were from Bordeaux. I guess I needed to know Bordeaux was in France. I know the, the bottle wines, yeah, they say Bordeaux. <laughs> That's what I know. So it's in France. Uh, and, and we began to speak. And the little boy who was with them, their son, was so surprised that somebody in Puerto Rico spoke French to them. And he approached them and grabbed his dad's leg and said, Monsieur, pas français? The guy's speaking French. 
like I've fallen off the moon. <laughs> but it's beautiful to be able to, to just share and be friends with people of other places. And yeah, when I was in Europe, everyone wants to speak English. <laughs> and when I'm in Puerto Rico, everybody wants to speak English too. <laughs> so I found a couple that wanted, they couldn't speak Spanish or English, so we had to speak French. Diversity in languages, in cultures. And God find it all good. God has found it all good. My dear sisters and brothers, we will be speaking about diversity. And next week, I recommend you to please, please have a good breakfast. Because we're talking about food next week. <laughs> diversity in food. Diversity in nourishment. Diversity in the way God speaks to us and God builds us up spiritually. And scripture says, and God made it of all kinds, of all species. And God said, it was good. Amen.